Welcome to Purpose Driven Passive Profits. If you are trying to figure out how to make money passively in the recession that is coming, this is a show for you. We're going to be talking about how to pick the right operator, the right passive investment, what to look for, what mistakes to avoid. So if you're new to the show, this is Purpose Driven Passive Profits. If you are interested in something other than driving Lamborghinis and balling around in a private plane, this is the show for you. Nate and I both believe in making passive income because we have a higher purpose while we're here. We are nothing more than stewards. This is Nate Armstrong. He's the CEO of Home Invest. My name is Steve Warner, and I am the Capital Investment Raiser. Uh, welcome to the show. Nate, how are you doing today? Awesome, Steve. Awesome. Ready to rock this one, man. Okay, beautiful. So one of the questions that we've gotten a lot lately is, like, I'm interested in making some passive income. I know the stock market is changing. I'm looking for a home for my money. Um, how do I pick a good passive investment? How do I pick a good operator, somebody who's doing multifamily? What do I look out for? Uh, this is going to be one of three. We have three things in the series, but what's the first thing that you think people should look for? Um, definitely the the right place to park their cash, meaning the right city, right market, some would call it. Okay. So Inside of passive income, inside of owning real estate, all states are not made equal. Uh, this is something that you taught me. So tell me about like what makes a good state versus a bad state and why should the investor care? Yeah, I'll give you an example. Um, so a bad state right now would be Minnesota. And I'm so sorry because I was born and raised in Minnesota. And it's where I started my real estate career, did hundreds and hundreds of properties in Minnesota. Um, why it's a bad state right now is because the government, starting in St. Paul, and then it spread to Minneapolis, the two key cities in the state, they decided to get heavily involved in the rental real estate business. And they started passing something called rent control. Should I explain what that is, Steve? Rent control? Yeah, real briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, it's when the government says, this is how much you're allowed to raise your rents. And they got really extreme they're saying that you can only raise rents maximum. I think it's 5%, maybe 7%. So that means that if someone's been renting to, you know, maybe a good tenant for 10 years, and then that tenant moves out and the place needs a $40,000 renovation. You clean up the whole thing and then you want to put it back out for new market rate, which might be like 20% higher. You can't do it. You are not allowed to. It is against the law now in St. Paul and Minneapolis. Anytime you have rent control, it usually busts the government. It's it's never a, a good win in the end for, for landlords or for local residents. It just never is. So that's the okay, market so, that I would avoid. Okay. So rent control is one thing that you're looking for. Can you talk too about like the difference in states? So what makes like California and New York different from like some of the best states that we have? Uh, how does this actually impact the investor? Because the investor, most people just see, oh, it's 14% or it's 16% or it's 20% IRR. I don't understand if they're getting that kind of return, why does it matter what state it's in? Yeah. So I had a, we have an investor that works with us now that he's from Portugal and um, when he started looking around the United States, he's like, wow, they're all so great, so much better than Portugal. And um, and then when we got on the phone with him, we interviewed him and just said, hey, why are you you know, trying to invest in the United States and why not stay in Portugal? He said, Nate, you'd never believe this. I filed an eviction on one of my rentals here in Portugal two years ago. And I still, the government's process is so slow that I haven't been able to evict this person. So I, I said, so you haven't been paid rent for two years and are you still like, 
paying taxes. And he said, yeah, I'm paying taxes, insurance. I'm paying the mortgage. I still have to pay that out of pocket, but, but I don't get to collect any income. And I'm like, wow. So Portugal is a bit of an extreme case, but we have some states that are not far off. California, New York, Minnesota. Some of these states are one month to sometimes six months if the tenant really knows how to work the system before you can actually take someone out that's in default, that's not paying the rent. And so states like that, those are the states, I'd call them not landlord-friendly states. Those are the states that we want to avoid. Like when we're picking places to park investor capital, I don't want to put them at risk. I don't want to have to turn to any investor and say, I'm so sorry, the government here is inefficient, you can't collect your rent. So even though, like you said, Steve, some of them on their surface say it's like a 14% ROI, that implies that the tenant is paying rent every single month. And so I want to be in a state that when the tenant's not paying rent, I can correct the problem really fast. Yeah, I think that is one of the keys, right? Like you hear these big numbers and people throwing things around. Like you might end up with a great property number-wise in California, but if half the tenants or a third of the tenants or even 10% of the tenants stop paying rent, you have a problem with getting them out. And that's what happens when the economy tightens up, right? That's what we're going into right now. The Fed is pulling money out of the economy. We're seeing credit lines get cut. We're seeing people lose jobs. This is creating constriction. So what happens in an apartment building if the tenant knows that they have protection from the government, they can stay there for six, eight, 10 months without getting evicted. And that flows through to the investor. So at Home Invest, we only invest in states where we know that we can control the tenants, correct? You want to tell us a little about that? That's spot on. In case in point, we can look back not in too far recent history. We can look at the, the days of COVID when the government said no evictions are allowed. What do you think happened? Every single tenant in America that if they had a little bit of a struggle going on, they said, you know what? I'm not going to pay the rent. I don't have to. They can't kick me out of here. And so then we saw landlords that literally they got, some of them went for a year without collecting rent. In California, it even got worse than that. Some of them were on 18, even 24 months without collecting rent. And um, I've been an investor. I went through that entire cycle. And uh, on one of my properties, uh, I had I had similar situation. I actually called the bank to say, hey, bank, would you guys be cool deferring payments on this particular property. And I remember the banker, her name is Julie. She kind of laughed and she said, no, Nate, we know you're good for it. We know you have the money. You got to keep making the payments. And I'm like, I know, but the tenants and, and she's like, nope, you still got to keep paying. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. So this stuff is very real. We don't want to be in States that that property, by the way, was in the state of Wisconsin. Um, but we don't want to be in States where we could potentially be tied up and not be able to make a move as a landlord. I want to be in a state where if something goes a little bit sideways with tenants not paying rent, I want to be able to ask that tenant nicely to leave through the legal process. So then I can make sure that I can protect our investors downside. Awesome. Nate, what about the current offering that we have right now? What state is that in and good state, bad state? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's in a a really good state. Uh, It's in the state of Kentucky. And um, a lot of people, they fly over the middle of the country and they don't look past Kentucky. They don't know much about it other outside of the Kentucky Derby. But uh, the underlying economics in the state of Kentucky are fantastic. The governor of Kentucky, he runs one of the positive surplus budgets in the country. It's very few of those governors out there that actually likes to see a, a bottom line that's positive at the end of the year. His unemployment numbers are are surreal, like just a really booming economy. And the nice thing is, is that the prices didn't surge 
in Kentucky like they did in California, like they did in New York, like they did in the Sun Belt. And so we're still finding properties that they can be bought at a level that they still cash flow really, really well. So this one's in the capital city of Kentucky. Uh, it's about five minutes, maybe seven at most to the Kentucky Derby itself. It's an urban property. There's nurses that live in this building. Uh, it's got a private courtyard, secured parking. It's amazing. And best part for us is that we found it 20% under uh, renovated market value, meaning the all the buildings around it that are renovated and updated, they're renting 20% higher than the building that we found. So we have a ton of upside on this property. We go in there and clean it up a little bit, and then we can immediately match the rents. Awesome. If you want to learn more about that, it is listed down the show notes, or if this is maybe a podcast that's been out for a little bit, all of our current offerings are there as well. You can also go to homeinvest.com to learn more. Nate, thanks so much for sharing with us. Next time we are going to be getting into one more way that people can look for good investments when the economy is tightening up like it is right now. Till next time, guys, we'll see you soon.